0: Hello, and welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm your host, Victoria Horn. Thank you so much for your patience during our brief hiatus. I'm flying solo for now, but I'm so excited to keep providing you with fantastic book recommendations and entertaining episodes each month. On this episode of BTS, it's the V's Versus special. So today I'll be your guide on an epic quest to demystify the genre that has historically been considered inaccessible to the everyday reader. As you may know, These Verses is my regular segment for this podcast, during which time I share a few poem recommendations and read some of my own poetry. So yes, I have a vested interest in converting you lovely listeners into avid poetry lovers, (laughs) But I know the world of poetry can feel at times like this exclusive club with a secret language that you need a decoder to understand. This is in part, I think, due to the same poetry most students are expected to learn about in school. It's important to know the origins of poetry, of course, and I'm as much a fan of the greats as anyone. Looking at you, Billy Shakes. But it's so important to also look where poetry is going. The world of poetry is changing, thanks in large part to our poets writing from the margins. In much the same way that the invention of the printing press gave everyday people access to the written word for the first time, their contributions are creating a modern renaissance that has taken poetry to a whole new level of awesome. So this episode is a love letter to those poets and the poets to come, some of whom may even be listening right now. I'll be talking about what good poetry is, suggesting ways you can get started writing poetry, reading some poems from some incredibly talented friends, and as usual, sharing some of my own poetry too. By the end of this episode, I hope you'll choose to drink the poet's Kool-Aid, or at least this poet's. (laughs) Stay with me. Before we get into it, of course, as always, we have a few announcements for your favorite local library. So we have our small book sale as usual in the library with a selection of adult, young adult, junior, and children's books available in our computer section. All books are free or by donation, and the selection changes periodically, so check back for new titles added. And Storytime with Miss Katie is currently on hiatus through the end of the summer for our summer reading club, but she will be back in the fall with more stories, songs, and rhymes for our favorite little patrons to enjoy. And I want to apologize for the long-awaited episode reading Sam Mills' winning short story from our short story contest. It's taking a little bit longer for me to produce than initially intended. That will be coming, so please stay tuned for that in the next month or so. And as always, I would love to go over our May book order with you. Most of these titles have already come in, so if you would like to check any of them out, you can stop on in and see if we have any of them available, or you can always put a hold on any of these titles using the Prairie Cat website or app. So in adult nonfiction, I'm interested to read this first title. It is 30 Animals That Made Us Smarter by wildlife biologist, Patrick Arie. And I believe he has a podcast as well with the same title, so I'll be checking that out as well. And we have Finding Me by Viola Davis, and another I'm super excited for, my man David Sedaris has a new collection of essays out called Happy Go Lucky. And in adult fiction, we have new titles from best-selling authors Dale Brown, James Lee Burke, Emily Giffen, John Grisham. Emily Henry, Anthony Horowitz, Susan Mallory, Vern Michaels, Amanda Quick, Emma Straub, and Nancy Thayer. I am particularly looking forward to checking out Holly Black's debut adult fiction novel. It's called Book of Night. She usually writes in our YA fiction section, and I actually had the pleasure of meeting her at an American Library Association conference a couple of years ago. Probably more years than I would like to admit, but all the same, she was lovely, and I'm super excited to see what she has in store for our adult section. And several of my favorite authors are featuring in our young adult fiction section for this month, we have a title that I recommended, so please check it out and make it worth it so I look good for our boss. <laughs> it is Emergency Contact by Mary H.K. Choi. And we also have from my favorite fantasy author, Maggie stewart has written a book entitled Bravely, which is set a few years after the film Brave. So I'll be super interested to see what comes of that one. In our junior fiction section, we have several graphic novels, as always. We have The First Cat in Space, Eight Pizza by Mac Barnett. Sounds like an interesting title. And we have a book that I think many children can identify with. It is a title from Megan Wagner Lloyd called Allergic, about a little girl who would love a dog, but she is sadly allergic. So I'll be reading that one for sure. I know Meredith enjoyed that one a lot. And last but not least, in our easy fiction section, we have one that goes along with our summer reading club theme, Oceans of Possibilities. We have Just Be Jelly by Maddie Frost, a little jellyfish. And we have our favorite friends, Elephant and Piggy, love reading, have come out with a new book called It's a Sign. That's by Jared Pumphrey. And Dragons Are the Worst by Alex Willen. So once again, if you'd like to check any of those titles out, you can go on the Prairie Cat app or website or give us a call and we'll be happy to help you out. I'm not sure how many of you are also participating in the Book Riot's Read Harder challenge, but we like to check in every podcast episode and see how well we're doing at completing the list of 24 tasks compiled by Book Riot each year. So the goal of these tasks is to challenge readers to explore settings, characters, formats, genres, and perspectives that they might not otherwise have tried. And I'm finding that to be very true. (laughs) You can find this list on bookriot.com or follow the link in the description. There's also a PDF version you can check off digitally on their website, or we have a few copies available at the front desk at Odell. So, for this month, I thought I would tackle challenge number six, read a nonfiction YA comic, and I, for once, have already completed this task, <laughs> um, so I read the book Gender Queer by Maya Kobabi, and it was so fantastic. I really highly recommend reading this book if you have loved ones who are struggling with their gender identity. Maya does an incredible job at explaining air perspective and air experiences. I just am blown away by the nuance that was taken in writing this book. It's probably a little bit of an uncomfortable read if you haven't encountered this type of literature before, but It's so important and it means so much to the people that can relate to Maya's story, and it's just such a gentle book. I highly recommend it. I'm also going to be tackling challenge number 14, which is read a book whose movie or TV adaptation you've seen but you haven't read the book. And sadly, (laughs) I have never read. Harriet the Spy by Louise Fitzhugh, Um, even though that is one of my all-time favorite movies. uh, I grew up watching it all the time with my twin, and we still quote it to this day. So I figure I should just bite the bullet and finally read the book, and I'm super excited. So I'll let you know how that goes, and if you are participating in the Read Harder Challenge, please let me know. We can commiserate. (laughs) So now it is time for the inaugural V's Versus Special. So I wanted to start out this episode with an intro to poetry, if you will what is poetry? (laughs) What makes a poem good? And why do we write it? I wanted to start out with a quote from one of the writers I studied in college, G.K. Chesterton. He wrote, what the world wants, what the world is waiting for, is not modern poetry or classical poetry or neoclassical poetry, but good poetry. And the dreadful, disreputable doubt, which stirs in my own skeptical mind, is doubt about whether it would really matter much what style a poet chose to write in, in any period, as long as they wrote good poetry. So, what differentiates good poetry from the kind that deters people from giving it a chance? Well, the way I see it, good poetry does not exclude the point of poetry is to bring the reader closer, not push them away. The kind of poetry that leaves you more confused than when you started it is poetry that isn't doing its job. To me, a poem succeeds when you leave it having learned, understood, and felt something. Maybe you don't immediately understand every word, as is the case with a lot of the poetry I've been reading lately, (laughs) but you come away with more than what you had before. And sometimes that means that you come away with more questions than answers. And that's good too. Good poetry opens our eyes and asks us to pay attention, if only for a moment. To give our undivided attention to the world the poet occupies, the people they encounter, and the experiences they carry. That's one of the reasons that so many people writing from the margins resonate with the genre. It's a way to pull us in out of the narrow mainstream narrative and bring us into their real and nuanced experiences so we can better understand the wider reach of humanity. I know I can't be the only one who's constantly wishing that I could get closer to someone's experience to see what they see and feel what they feel, to know exactly what they've experienced. Or maybe I'm just nosy. (laughs) But poetry is one of many art forms that enables us to do that. Like so many of our most powerful forms of art, poetry uses imagery and sound to awaken our senses and evoke our most powerful emotions. Love, grief, joy, awe, fear, hope, and I believe these emotions are the most immediate means of entering into another person's worldview. Poetry allows us to meet someone exactly where they are at, in a specific moment in time or history, and the visceral nature of poetry is what makes it so powerful. I know I'm a little biased (laughs) about this, having written poetry myself for many years, but I think that you find when you finally dip your toe into it, it's more accessible than you think. And I really hope that you'll give it a chance. Mm -hmm. So, how do you start writing poetry beyond the unhelpful? Just do it. (laughs) Well, it's been said before, but it's just the truth. The best way to get started writing anything is to read. And when I'm feeling that hardcore writer's block like I have been recently, (laughs) I step away from my own work and step into someone else's. So familiarize yourself with different styles and forms. Listen to slam poetry. There are so many cool slam poets. I really recommend you do that. (laughs) Study different poets performing their work. Read widely. Try everything. I recommend going over to the Poetry Foundation website and exploring their themed collections of poetry. Um, I always find a new poet that just surprises and inspires me. When you find a poem that you like, Figure out what about that poem resonates with you and reflect on why. Lean into the thoughts and memories that bring forth your strongest emotions and then do your best to conjure that emotion on the page. It doesn't have to be good. doesn't have to be great. Just write something that evokes that feeling. The great modernist poet Ezra Pound said, Use no superfluous word, no adjective, which does not reveal something. Go in fear of abstractions. A.K.A. the more concrete your language, the better. So a poet that's doing just incredible work to break down different styles and forms of poetry is Amy K, And you can find her at Amy K Poetry on Instagram. So every year in April, Amy posts a short guide exploring other poets' work and then asks you to write in the same style. Her poems have made me try so many different forms and styles of poetry that I never thought I would enjoy, much less fall in love with and return to time and time again. So I recommend checking out some of her posts if you're looking to start writing poetry. if I'm telling you to go read poetry I should probably tell you where you can find it in our library. <laughs> so many books of poetry can be found under the Dewey number 808.8 in our non-fiction sections. You can put holds on poetry books we might not have at Odell by using the Prairie Cat website or app. So if you're new to poetry and you really aren't sure where to start or who to start with... I would highly recommend checking out anything by Mary Oliver, but particularly her collection Blue Horses or Billy Collins' collection The Trouble with Poetry. Both of these poets have made a huge impact on the accessibility of the genre, and they write about ordinary life and everyday experiences in a way that is so good at just connecting humanity to each other. Uh, I love it so much. And it's also a great idea to look up videos or audio clips of poets reading their work. If you're interested in slam or spoken word poetry, which you totally should be, uh, Sarah Kay is one of my personal favorites. Um, I particularly love her performances of When Love Arrives and If I Should Have a Daughter. Those two are ones that I've watched so many times and just studied and let it wash over me. Ah, I love her. (laughs) And if there are any young readers interested in poetry, novels in verse are a great intro to the genre. You get the benefit of a story propelling you through the book while you're getting accustomed to a new style of writing. So I recommend checking out The Deepest Breath by Megan Greene, in our junior fiction section, or The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo in our YA section. All right, so enough talking about poetry. It is time to read some, and I'm so excited to finally be introducing some of my favorite poets, aka my friends, my poet warriors <laughs> the people who keep me sane when i have no idea what i'm doing so with the powers of the internet whole communities of poets now have the means of interacting no matter where we live or what time zone we're in so i started my poetry instagram page at verses.with.v a few years ago and it's truly been magical to experience the support and friendship of these amazing poets that I would likely never have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. So a few of my poet friends have agreed to let me read some of their work on the podcast today so thank you so much for allowing me to share your beautiful words and I'm so excited that I get to introduce our listeners to your work. I'm so excited to introduce you to our first poet, one of my personal favorites, favorite humans, and one of my favorite poets that I've discovered in the last couple of years. So their name is Olivia Snowdrop, and their pronouns are she, they. They are a 27-year-old non-binary poet based in the UK, and she writes a lot about mental health and motherhood, and quote, in general, has no idea what they're doing, but is trying her best. (laughs) In 2021, they published their first collection entitled Snowdrop. And she just came out with her second collection of poetry. It's called Ants in a Jam Jar. And I am beyond blown away. It's as amazing as her work always is. I've been so lucky to become friends with her through Instagram, and they are just worth every single follow they get. So today I'd like to read two of the poems that Olivia wrote, and it was so hard to choose which ones to share, but I think the two that I've chosen really exhibit what they are just so talented at capturing. Changeling. I'm not sure who I'd be in Freaky Friday, the mom or the teen. I'm sort of in between identities right now. Still can't imagine the belly, the swollen life, stolen independence, how everything gets sticky with a child's precious hands. I thought I had my future planned. Did you know you can change? At any age. You just decide you want differently, and that's okay. Imagine birthing. Imagine trusting your body enough to carry out this thing. Centuries old, and you want to be a part of it. Think it might be special somehow. Think it might be healing. Feeling absolution. The freedom to choose. Presence, presence, presence. A crescent moon in the sky, and the beginnings of a new and unexamined possibility. I sit with him by the water. There are a lot of birds here. The filthy pearl of a swan, six of them, seven beaks, searching the lake. We awake a set of geese, their calls loud and obnoxious. A lone moorhen watches and passes through, gliding the surface like glass, easing over. The ripples silver in the sunlight, creating diamonds, precious metal. The swans unsettle, running from their posts like ghosts on skis, skating fast. A child's laugh, a dog appears, my lover closes his eyes, a crinkle at the edges, his breathing measured and content. Ease, ease, peace. We let the geese wander near, braced for arousing. But we are safe on our island, our small square of mat. A magpie breaks a branch above, and we are momentarily pushed out of tranquility. But we can come back anytime. We can always return. I have learned to allow this, to sit in crowded nature and observe her participating in the universe by admiring its beauty. This is truly, I think, how we live. Next up, we have the lovely Charlie Barnes. I was lucky enough to study abroad in Worcester, Britain in college, and I became close friends with my amazing host family, and so it was through my host sister, Laura, that I was introduced to the charming and talented Charlie Barnes. She is an author and academic from Worcestershire, UK, and she was the Worcestershire Poet Laureate for 2019 and 2020. She has been appointed the writer in residence for the Swan Theatre Worcester and is also a lecturer in creative and professional writing in the University of Wolverhampton. She is the author of several novels, including Intention, The Copycat, The Watcher, and The Cutter. She is currently collaborating with Wendy Allen and Claire Walker on two new projects, and happily enough, she is working on a brand new poetry collection. So you can keep up with her work on Twitter and Instagram at charlieblogs. And that's C-H-A-R-L-E-Y. So I'll be reading from Charlie's 2021 collection, Leaf Eater. This collection and many other works by Charlie are available on Kindle. And if you'd like trade copies or author copies of Leaf Eater, you can contact the publisher at wildpressedbooks at gmail.com headstones i took the boy to the graveyard we walked the gravel path wound around old trees and emptied fields nothing grows or goes there the gate moaned from arthritis when we pushed through Sniffed the grass but didn't stop for roses that bloodied the earth with red bulbs, brilliant white tears on the landscape. He howled when he saw them. Silhouettes against the silk blue sky. Bigger rocks than he'd ever seen. He was too young to read the inscriptions. I let him cry and wail as others must have here, and I wondered what it must be like. Not to recognize death. Comma. The boy is waterlogged. We brought the channel home with us today. Tangled in rough furs and soaked into the canvas of my shoes. She, River, broke her banks to greet him. Lapped at his toes how he had slapped his tongue against her. The romantic in me imagines them as lovers, the wolf in him recognizing something primal. Home now, I bathe his feet like a mother might, and warn him of women-like nature, knowing he, like son, won't listen. But he curls next to me, his hot belly pressed against the floor, and his bum tucked neatly beneath him. And he reminds me to pause, to be present with it all. And finally, to cap off this episode, I suppose it really wouldn't be a V's Versus special without a verse from V. So I'll be reading one of the poems that I wrote this year for National Poetry Month, which is in April. It just so happened to be a special someone's birthday this April. My sixth grade reading teacher and our lovely Odell board member, Melissa Nybor. I have such vivid memories of her class, and I really wanted to try my hand at writing after Olivia Snowdrop's stream of consciousness style. I find that that quick, quick, slow momentum that she has that alternates between carrying you through her memories, and forcing you to pause on them. Their style really creates the feeling of being overwhelmed with emotion to me, and that's exactly how I feel when I reflect on everything that Melissa taught me that year. So this is the poet's attempt at thanking her reading teacher for saving her in sixth grade. (laughs) It's still dark out, startling dark. Too dark to open your eyes, it's going to swallow you. Paradise lost every time you pack a lunchbox. It doesn't matter how many cookies you take, hell's still right down the block, and you walk there every weekday. Devil's in the details, the crook of your twin's arm, your friend's hair frozen stiff after a shower, the shoes still hanging up on the telephone wire, and someone out there with colder feet than yours. The sting of new cuts on your knuckles, but you didn't fight anyone, just the dry winter air you're breathing. Yes, you're breathing. Impossible to believe, but you can see the proof of it in front of you, white tufts making a break for the sky. One minute till the doors unlock, brace yourself for the first bell. Speed walk down scuffed halls, squeeze past the slow walkers, smooth talkers, locker doors slamming so hard you feel it in your skull. God, could someone crack a window not to jump just to let the stale air out? You can't take another mouthful. Play the game, get the grades, make the stupid toy sculpture in art class. Even though you don't like it, don't feel it, don't get it. Does anyone get more than a palmful of what you're trying to say? Consult the sixth-grade oracle. Brilliant teacher, kind teacher, gives you more than what you need, teacher. When she reads aloud, you grow a new pair of lungs big enough to produce the words inside you. You like the way she looks at you, like she has an inkling what you're thinking, but she wants to hear how you'll say it. Like your words are important to her, like they're worth holding with two hands. She's still holding them 15 years later when she walks into the library where you work. She's still looking at you like she can't wait to hear the rest. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of my solo hosting gig. And let me know if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes. You can email us at ask.odell.library at gmail.com. And until next time, I hope you've enjoyed your time Between the Stacks. This episode of Between the Stacks was written and produced by Victoria Horn. Special thanks to the Odell Public Library staff library board, and friends of Odell. A hearty cheers to all of our lovely patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast.